Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. It is getting to be that time of year, hot and heavy, football action, playoffs just around the corner, lots of discussions about the playoffs, who's going to make it in, who's going to be out, who's on the bubble, who needs some wins to get in. We're going to talk about uh, that today in a conversation with Tom Shafransky from the WIAA. We're going to get to that very quickly uh, because that's going to be the bulk of, of today's episode of the WSN podcast. He has some uh, some really enlightening things to, uh, to, to give us insight to for the upcoming football playoffs, the timeline for release of information, the protocols that will be in place, the guidelines the WIAA will have including when it comes to contact tracing and quarantine policy, how forfeits are counted, which is a little different, as he explains it, than what our initial interpretation was of some of those forfeits and specifically replacement games. Um, discussion of the uh, the situation with the Milwaukee City Conference, where they re- essentially revised their entire schedule partway through the year and what that is going to mean and what that does mean for qualification for their teams in the Milwaukee City Conference. It is an ongoing discussion, as he will uh, uh, note in our conversation, that they are continuing to have with uh, officials from the Milwaukee City Conference and Milwaukee Public Schools. So uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time today kind of previewing what's coming up. It is week eight of the high school football season. It is a big week with conference titles on the line. It is a big week with Possible playoff uh, qualification on the line. Teams will clinch playoff spots. Some teams will clinch conference championships this week. So there's a lot going on. It is a busy week. You can find a, a preview, our, uh, our week eight preview on Wisports.net. Um, you know, all, all the good stuff you're looking for. But today on the podcast, we are going to get to right now our conversation with Tom Shafransky from the WIAA. As we continue our discussion, and much of the focus continues to be on high school football playoffs and what will happen over the next couple of weeks, and of course, what will happen into the postseason, we want to get some uh, some perspectives, some answers, some uh, insight directly from our friends at the WIAA, and that means talking with Tom Shafransky, Assistant Director at the Wisconsin Interscholastic Athletic Association, who's in his first year overseeing the sport of football following the retirement of Wade Lebecki. Tom, I know it's a busy time for you. You had a board meeting today. You've got state golf coming up, obviously football stuff going on. So definitely appreciate you taking a few minutes with us and and uh, and, and checking in here on the WSN podcast. Travis, thanks for having me. I always look forward to talking with you. And uh, this this is really an exciting time of year now. Now, now we're getting ready to get into the crux of everything. And uh, obviously, these next 10 days uh, is the foundation for the whole tournament series. Well, Tom, I got to say, first of all, uh, it was great uh, getting together with you this summer up at Wisconsin Rapids and, and doing a little bit of golfing in their, uh, in their outing up there. Uh, we need to do it again because my game has gone downhill since then. Um, and your positivity and, and power of positive persuasion did not wear off on me enough. So we got to get that done again here. Maybe not this year, but hopefully next year. Hey, I am glad to go with you anytime. You had a great round over there, and uh, we just had a lot of fun. Uh, and and I think uh, we showed uh, some of those uh, Rapids folks how to play the game a little bit. Yeah, it was it was a good time. Well, let's get into some things here. And want to start a little bit, uh, you know, You've been at the WIA for a while now, but again, this is your first year 
overseeing the sport of football. Um, you know, just give us a, a little bit of a, an introduction or a little bit of a background on how you ended up here, not just at the WIAA, but also as the, the new person kind of heading up football for the association. Thanks. It's uh, it, it's been quite a, a tour for me statewide. Uh, I, I did. Uh, I, I was a Pacelli grad, uh, not to take anything away from those good Rapids folks right down the road. And they always kid me about that, but uh, uh, played uh, football there and uh, was a, a three-time letter winner and then had the good fortune of playing and coaching with Bob Rochek. I then coached all through my years in college. I was playing uh, college tennis and coaching high school football because uh, I, I really wanted to be a coach. Uh, and, and a football coach in particular, just uh, felt as though football did so much for me as far as high school was concerned that uh, it was something I, I really relished. And uh, then I was able to go to West Bend and get a teaching position along with uh, coaching football uh, down in West Bend under Jerry Mullimans. I became his offensive coordinator after a year, and uh, we had a little bit of success in the Wisconsin Little Ten uh, and uh, had some pretty good players come out of there. Then uh, was lucky enough to uh, move into some administrative positions, in particular the uh, athletic director for the district up in Rhinelander and then the district athletic director in Stevens Point. Um, and then uh, Doug Chickering came a calling and asked if I would be interested in taking uh, a couple of sports for him here at the WIA. And uh, I was Dave and Wade's first uh, assistant really for the last 19 years uh, and got to witness a great fundamental establishment of high school football, not only here in Wisconsin, but one that a lot of people throughout the country have a lot of respect for. So very, very proud to uh, be able to uh, help out and do my best to get us through these COVID times. So you've been, a, a, again, a part of the WIA for a long time. As you said, you helped uh, Wade and, and Dave Anderson with football-related items over the years. But now that you're the one in charge, how different has that been? And what kind of bumps in the road have you come across or things that you maybe didn't expect or you know, curveballs that maybe got thrown your way? You know, I think the biggest thing is it seems like we have a lot of worlds, as I put it, coming together this year in particular. Uh, you know, we have the uh, new uh, season regulation language that Wade put in place uh, with regard to eight player to 11 player and how all that is going to work for everyone. We have the conference realignment issue that is getting put in place for the first time this year. Um, we have uh, the COVID element that uh, we dealt with last year, not being able to play and, and uh, do anything with. Um, there's, there's a couple of others that kind of co-ops and so forth, uh, you know, and, and this two-year playoff uh, rotation, you know, that, that is uh, coming up or, or element that will be in play. All of these things are kind of just hitting all at once. And so it's creating uh, lots of different questions for everybody and, and the situations that uh, football programs in our high schools are in, along with the tournament series. So we are, A, doing our best to set ourselves up to be totally prepared for next week uh, so that uh, we know the, the uh, field that makes it in. And then uh, being able to talk with schools about their future and, and how they can set themselves up. We're really working on those things uh, quite often here at the uh, office, and uh, it's taken quite a bit of time to do those things. We uh, hope to get to, we will get to some questions about uh, some of those uh, playoff-related items. A lot of people have, have asked us and have asked you, I'm sure, 
Uh, we'll get to those uh, in a little bit, but want to talk a little bit about the playoff process. And especially, as you said, next week, that crazy final week of the high school football season. Um, I, I got a chance last year for the first time to experience it at the WIAA, uh, WIAA office. I was up there as uh, on behalf of the WFCA to help um, just kind of review the, the maps that are drawn and, and some of the things and just provide another perspective. Um, you know, what, what is the, the process like for you and what do you anticipate is the timeline for release of information? Uh, people always want to know how soon do I know who I'm playing and how soon can I get back to getting prepared? So what, what are things to look for, for the process and, and what kind of timeline are you looking at for next week? To try to give you a little summary of that, uh, you know, step one is we are starting this week and reminding athletic directors through text messaging uh, to get their scores in. And we've actually been doing that the last two weeks, uh, trying to develop uh, the habit of getting those things done, both by coaches and by athletic directors, so that scores get into our office uh, so we can do this as efficiently as possible. We have to get those scores uh, in order to proceed any further. So uh, next week, Friday, uh, with that being the end of the regular season, we get those scores in starting about 10 o'clock to midnight. Uh, once we get those scores in, then uh, we have uh, coaches and others like yourself, who uh, you certainly are invited once again to come and uh, do as you did last year as well. Uh, but uh, we start to look at uh, the, the computer this year will be doing the seating, identifying the qualifiers as always, but then also doing the seating. So uh, we will be able to uh, get everyone grouped and organized and then seated uh, fairly easily, we feel, this year uh, with that system. Now, it really, uh, last year it was used to help out with those COVID pods if you will, but uh, this year it obviously will take on a much larger impact and uh, we feel as though we've done a couple of trials already. Things seem to be rolling well with it. Um, you never know what to expect and, and we always do anticipate that there will be you know, a, a clunker here and there, but we'll, uh, we will deal with those things and uh, hopefully be ready and have uh, the field all set for everyone by Saturday afternoon. So the just to just to clarify the the field will be released late Friday night, uh, yes. maybe into early Saturday morning, perhaps. Yes. But then the seedings in the matchups that is not anticipated until later in the day on Saturday. Is that correct? That is correct. Right. Yep. If gotcha. it's better than that, I hope it will be better than that. But right now, that's the basic game plan. Gotcha. Well, uh, we'll certainly look forward to that. Um, you know, one of the things that obviously were were impacted significantly last year and. Uh, I anticipate will be this year are some of the forfeits that come into play. And we've, we've got a lot of questions again, I'm sure you have as well, but just yes. for, for folks at home that are wondering and are unsure, uh, just describe if you could, what a forfeit means for the team that receives the forfeit win, the team that loses that forfeit win, how it impacts them playoff qualification and in the seeding process. Yeah, if you don't mind, I think maybe, you know, there are so many different elements to this, but there really are four fundamentals that uh, go into it that uh, can help uh, coaches and others uh, have at least an initial understanding to it. The first one being that, remember, only conference forfeit wins count for playoff qualifying. And I'll say that again, only conference forfeit wins count for playoff qualifying. And then it is only conference games that are played that count for seeding. Uh, if you can take those first two criteria and keep that in mind, that starts to differentiate also that qualifying versus seeding. 
element that uh, you will probably hear a lot about in the days ahead. Next then, forfeits do not, will not count in the seating criteria. So that's an important element uh, that it really doesn't come into play. Uh, you know, there is kind of a way that it does uh, to a, a certain extent, but the reality is, is forfeits do not count in the seating criteria. And then the fourth element comes in is that a lot of schools reschedule. Uh, they reschedule con contests on those weeks when forfeitures are taking place. And those rescheduled contests do count in seeding. Uh, and that is for both teams and in the playoff qualifying for non-conference games. So when someone reschedules, uh, a, uh, uh, a conference game is lost, for instance, and then they reschedule a non-conference game, that then there is a seeding element to that. And there is a qualifying element for those non-conference games. I hope that at least it provides the basic fundamentals that folks can operate off of. So to clarify, if a replacement game is scheduled and that game is, is played, obviously, and there's a win, uh, a win and loss, as we get to some of those tiebreakers, if, if we have to apply tiebreakers, which I don't know if you checked out our projections, but it's going to be yes. a messy night for tiebreakers. Fifty, yes. We projected 54 teams tying for 37 spots. When you get down to things like defeated opponents, overall win-loss percentage, uh, overall win-loss percentage of your own team, those replacement games could factor into those qualifying tiebreaker criteria. That's correct? There can be there can be elements of those games that do play into that. Yes, that is correct, Travis. Okay. Um, so we get the playoff field. We, you know, all of these crazy tiebreakers and situations take care of themselves. We finally know who's in the playoffs, who the matchups are, what the seeds are. Um, we move into the playoffs and we certainly hope we don't have to deal with it, but I'm, you know, at, at some point, just based on the number of uh, forfeits that we have had this year, it's a, a possibility, obviously, that somebody qualifies, they find out on Thursday, they cannot be in the postseason in level one or level two, three, four, whatever it might be. What is the process for that if there happens to be a COVID cancellation that comes up after the playoff field is set? Yeah, after, you know, that first round, uh, there isn't anything that we can do there. A, a team may move forward uh, due to a forfeiture in those situations. If there is a contest played and then a winning team is not able to advance, we do have a WIA process that does allow the last defeated team to then be brought forward so that a contest is played in as many cases as we possibly can. So it would be the, the team that was supposed to, that would have been in that bracket if they, if they lost yes. and they would have moved on. It's yes. not a, not a highest ranked team left or highest seated or anything like that. It's whoever would have filled the bracket. Last defeated, last defeated team. Yes. Gotcha. Um, is that something that, you know, you might encourage teams if they lose in level two or they lose in level one, don't turn the equipment quite yet because there's a possibility yep. you could continue on. Yes. Those are that, that always is a possibility. Uh, and, uh, you know, that what, we, how, if you recall right from the start, when you and I met this, this whole concept is built upon the idea of allowance for teams to play when they can play and if they can play. And so it, it continues on even into the playoff tournament, just that same way. We encourage people to, you know, hang in there, 
you never know what's going to happen uh, until that team that you were beaten by uh, plays that next game in, uh, in that next round uh, of the tournament. And, and so I assume if, if I lose my level one game and, and I don't make those advanced preparations, I turn in our gear, we don't practice all week and it comes Thursday and we find out, Oh, the team we lost to, you know, is, is out. If we aren't eligible to play or if we aren't able to play, I assume then it just becomes a forfeit situation yes. for the, for the other team. Yes, correct. It is. It is just that last defeated team who gets that opportunity. No one else gets to uh, replace them. We're continuing our conversation with Tom Shafransky, Assistant Director at the Wisconsin Interscholastic, uh, Interscholastic Athletic Association. One of these times, I'll say it right, I should just say WIAA. That's a lot easier, right, Tom? Absolutely. You go right ahead. <laughs> um, other questions that have come up uh, involve you know, protocols and guidelines for the postseason. So are there guidelines in place, other protocols in place that are expected to be uniformed by the WIAA? And one of the big questions around that is around quarantine policy, because as, as you know, and as, as people around the state may know, the, the contact tracing and quarantine policy differs by school. There are some schools I know that are not doing any required quarantine for close contacts, and there are some that are doing 14 days for close contacts. So what is the WIA policy when it comes to postseason play? Uh, our board met today, uh, Travis, and the only... Uh, protocol that they are asking for is completion of a COVID form that it, the same form basically that we had last year uh, that was used so that uh, there is a contact tracing uh, type type of information that is provided uh, for each con uh, contest. And uh, that that is the only WIA regulation. The others will all continue to be from local schools and or local county health departments, uh, uh, unless the state department, uh, health, state health department were to provide us with further direction here. Um, the, so we will rely on the schools to handle uh, all the other COVID protocols from their county health officials uh, without WIA involvement. All right. So as it has been for quite a while, as you said, local control will yes. be the determining factor in many of those guidelines, protocols, quarantine policies, uh, all, all that kind of stuff. Excellent um, summary right there. <laughs> uh, one of the one of the things that has been a, a challenge this year um, and that I know you have uh, have been working on is the situation in Milwaukee where the Milwaukee public schools, of course, did not play last year. And so we're behind the eight ball already. And there was, you know, some questions about how that would impact those programs coming forward, where they have at times struggled with numbers and in getting things going. And um, you know, we had some some uncertainty at the start of the year of which teams would play, how many of those teams would play, and then there were some uh, administrative uh, challenges that that got kind of thrown on top of all that. What is the latest that you are able to provide on Milwaukee Public Schools, Milwaukee City Conference teams, um, who's eligible who has opted out or not playing and uh, you know we'll, we'll kind of go from there yeah we're kind of getting into a, a daily uh conversation uh, with each of the schools down there so we can clarify that uh there's individual situations for them um the, again a, a basic fundamental that we have with them is is that we have received a revised schedule uh, from the city conference, the Milwaukee City Conference, and that conference, is, that is what we are using to base our um, 
determinations on for that conference. Uh, some of the teams are uh, playing and playing regularly. There are some teams that are not playing, and then there are some that are kind of in between. So we are working with each of them individually to uh, get each of those situations worked out, clarified, and get games uh, where there are forfeitures, perhaps uh, um, either a yes or a no for them, a definitive answer, so that uh, they know exactly where they stand. Uh, and or uh, where they stand as far as our conference record and overall record are concerned for them. So things things are progressing, and that's a regular daily conversation that's taking place. I know that there are some uh, even coaches within the Milwaukee City Conference that are still unsure, you know, if they are eligible, if they are playing enough games to qualify. Um, you know, for for instance, uh, I believe there's a couple of the MPS teams that have have been identified as eligible, but are not going to play seven conference games. They'll, they'll end up playing less than that. Or even Reagan, for instance, could potentially play more than seven conference games. Right. Uh, at this time, to the best of your understanding and, and, um, you know, uh, identifying for, for WI purposes, um, are, are those teams that play less than seven games going to be considered for postseason selection? And then also like a, a Reagan, for instance, if they play eight conference games, how will that be figured for playoff qualification? Yeah, uh, uh, big picture wise uh, to start with, you know, we we see this as being really valuable, uh, having the Milwaukee schools involved and uh, uh, being part of things, especially as you mentioned, after not playing last year. Uh, the we We have, had a past history, Wade has done a good job of being very liberal and waiving some of those requirements so that uh, schools that don't meet uh, the six uh, and or seven game requirement are able to be considered. Uh, those will be those those waivers will be available for Milwaukee schools and others as well uh, if they aren't uh, meeting those the, the criteria there. We do want to get give our member schools an opportunity to be part of the 224 tournament series, if at all possible. And uh, we feel that that is the right thing to do. Uh, and, and it has been a past practice for us. One final question on, on how those city conference games uh, may work. Uh, week nine, they have a crossover that they will yes. identify. And, and I don't believe those matchups are determined yet, but I think uh, so. once 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 those are, will do you know if those will be considered conference games or will they be non-conference? Have we received that that designation as of yet? You know, we uh, the the best answer I can give you is I don't know right at this moment. Uh, you are correct. We are uh, trying to get that information, uh, allowing them to set that up as they feel it is best uh, to be uh, determined and established. Um, uh, and and uh, who should play home and how those games should be played, where they'll be played. And uh, so we will work with the conference uh, on uh, getting all that information as soon as we can early uh, for next week. So, Tom, as we continue to move forward and as football continues to move forward, uh, you know, we're, we're well aware of some of the challenges that football has faced over the years, whether it's, uh, you know, lower numbers on teams in part because of lower enrollments in large part because of lower enrollments at schools, especially small rural schools. Um, what do you see as some of the challenges on the horizon for high school football? And what are some things that you're looking forward to trying to do, uh, you know, implement, uh, bring about to, you know, continue to make high school football a very healthy sport for the WIAA? 
Great question, Travis. Uh, the, the, the main thing that we see nationally is uh, a, and you're right, there, there are lower numbers of high school students who are now available. There are lower numbers of boys in particular. Now, boys and girls, uh, we want to we want to get boys and girls involved in different ways in the sport of football best that we can. Uh, the uh, nationally, we are seeing a decline in uh, the numbers. We certainly recognize that there are new sport opportunities uh, that many students are taking on and glad to see students participating uh, in sports like soccer and lacrosse. Uh, these are uh, uh, some of the key ones that, uh, you know, have contributed to some of the reduction in football as well. But it, it is something where to keep football healthy, we want to maintain an end. First of all, and foremost, it's going to stay there. High school football is going to be there for us. I have no doubt about that. And we're, we're doing everything that we can uh, to try to provide programming opportunities for, first of all, for programs to get started. Secondly, for programs to uh, get themselves, uh, you know, basically into a successful scenario. Uh, how can we help each of these programs find ways to develop, grow? Uh, let's put it this way, make that 224 tournament series is a big goal for a lot of teams. And if they get there, that's awesome. We want to provide that option for them and beyond uh, the, the first and second round. But also, if they can't, one of the things that we are going to take a, a look at, and we have had this request come from our membership, and I have had the opportunity to talk with the leadership of the uh, Football Coaches Association about what else can we do for those that don't make it? How can we develop uh, a program uh, that is, and some people like to consider all play. I don't know that that's uh, necessarily the best way to go. And the coaches have uh, indicated in previous years anyway, that they don't feel that that's the best way to go. But what are some other options that we have for some of the programs that don't make 224 so that if their coach, if that program is inspired and wants to grow and develop and play some extra tournament games, they get that opportunity and, and likely against um, opponents who are of comparable uh, record, comparable uh, uh, situations so that uh, some success can be had uh, with those for those programs as well. Tom, you mentioned a sport in there that uh, was mentioned also today in the Board of Control release, and that's lacrosse. Um, yes. You know, the it's it's been talked about over the years. It's It's been a discussion item briefly at area meetings I've been at in the past, but it seems like this might be the, the furthest official conversations that have occurred about adding lacrosse as a sport in the WIAA. There's going to be a survey and, and some information sent out about you know, are there who's offering lacrosse? How many are there? Uh, interest, etc. By the WIAA, as a, as announced in today's board of control meeting, if you could just maybe bring us up to speed on some of those discussions and you know what what might be happening in a, in a possible timeline for lacrosse joining as a WIAA sport. Um, lacrosse is a uh, sport that was brought forward uh, from the Classic Eight Conference. Uh, for consideration. Uh, keep in mind that this is just for consideration and review. Uh, so uh, what we will do is uh, get a survey out to our schools to find out how many schools actually are uh, having some form of a lacrosse program. Uh, the initial indications are we would look uh, at this as a potential spring sport. 
Uh, so it would not be a fall sport in competition with football. But uh, the, the element is just finding out how many ac- uh, schools actually have a program. If there are 5% of the schools that wish to have a sport like lacrosse, and this is true with anyone, then we can start to consider it a program. Right, right now, we do not. We have no uh, status for lacrosse whatsoever as far as the WIA concerned. And if that were to grow to 10%, it is at that point where consideration would be for a possible tournament series to begin if there is interest that way. Um, we'll see how everything pans out here in the months ahead. And then uh, uh, you're you're probably looking at a couple of years down the road yet before uh, that would actually be introduced uh, in particular as a tournament series for us. All right. Good stuff, Tom. Uh, covered a lot of ground today and uh, definitely, again, took some some time out of your preparation for everything that's going on. So we appreciate you doing that. And I appreciate all that you're doing for high school football and high school sports at the WIAA. Uh, But again, thanks for your time. And I'm sure we'll catch up very soon. Travis, you know, we feel the very same way here about everything that you're doing. Uh, Can't say enough about uh, everything you do to help promote football. Uh, We love it. Love working with you on it. And uh, can't wait to do more of it, especially in these next couple of weeks. It's going to be, I, I, I get a bit of a chill just thinking about tournaments, uh, the tournament series being back, I think people are really going to come out and love seeing what they're seeing uh, in our at our uh, football fields around the state. Absolutely. Thanks again, Tom. Tom Shafransky, Assistant Director at the WIAA, as we continue our conversation and look at high school football in Wisconsin. There you go. Again, some good insights from uh, Tom Shafransky of the WIAA, some things that uh, provided some clarification on some things that we weren't quite sure on or even that we uh, – hadn't realized previously, including that uh, their expectation for the timeline on the release of playoff information is that uh, the seed, excuse me, the, the playoff field will be released Friday night late, but then perhaps the seeding and the regional groupings will not be available or posted until later in the day on Saturday, perhaps even Saturday afternoon. Also, as uh, Tom pointed out, that The replacement games that have gotten scheduled, depending on tiebreakers, if if you have to, if you're one of those teams that has to go into tiebreaker formula to determine if you get into the playoffs, replacement games that you play or even that your opponents play will be factored into those tiebreaker situations. Again, only tiebreaker situations for qualification for replacement games, as he said. Replacement games do count for everybody for seeding if you do actually get into the playoffs. We're going to uh, going to try to provide some additional clarity information uh, in the in the next week or so about how this whole playoff thing works because there might be people that are new to high school football the first time that their son has has played. Maybe they don't realize that not everybody makes the playoffs. Maybe they don't realize how teams qualify for the postseason. Maybe there's you know, some of those basic things that somebody like me takes for granted as, uh, as doing this for a long time that just are, are not, uh, you know, not super clear for people. So you can look for that uh, probably next week sometime. We, we might do a couple different podcasts, maybe one talking about the playoffs and how things work, and then just do kind of a generalized uh, week nine preview as well. So sneak peek. We might be looking at two WSN podcasts for next week. 
But that will do it for this week on the WSN Podcast. We're heading into week eight. Some great games on the schedule. Going to set up some great games that will be on the week nine schedule. So get out and support your team if you can. Again, so many, uh, only so many games in the high school football calendar. So many games available. So get out and show your support. That will do it, though, for today. For our WSN podcast, I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.